The Roger the Wild Child Show is brought to you by our friends at Prism Design Company. Are you looking for a cool new logo for your business? Do you need some graphics for your new website or blog? Our friends at Prism Design are a premier graphics design company that can handle all your needs. You can find Prism Design Company on Facebook or contact them directly at 618-534-4291. All the great graphics on the Roger the Wild Child Show are brought to you by our friends at Prism Design Company. And now, the hottest new celebrity interview show in the universe. It's the Roger the Wild Child Show. Let's get this party started! Ready, set, go! On the air everywhere. It's the Roger the Wild Child Show! It's time for another exciting edition of the Roger the Wild Child Show with your host, Roger the Wild Child, along with musician, producer, and real estate investor, Darren Sheff, and former Playboy Playmate cover girl and centerfold, Deborah Driggs. Are you ready? Let's do this. Do this. Starts right now. It's the Roger the Wild Child Show! All right, everybody, welcome to... Roger, the Wild Child Show. How you guys all doing? It is Sunday night. Let's get this party started. Along with me, we have Darren Chef. The Chef, what's up, brother? Can't what's hear happening? you. Oh, there How's you everybody? are. All right, Deb's on mute. Oh. There she is. Oh, I'm 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 off mute now. Oh, yes, yeah. you are See that, off mute. See that he he had us. He had us on mute, and he's going to can't hear you. See, it was all him. <laughs> See that? It's all me. So ready anyways. to scold us. Ready to scold us. Is I? Anyway, go ahead. Wow. Well, we're here. It's Sunday. It's December. What yes. Is, oh, we is, guess whose birthday it is this month? Um, Santa Claus's. Yeah, Santa Claus, Jesus, Me. Uh, and, and Deborah's birthday as well. Oh, yes, damn. December thirteenth, everybody, <laughs> and I'll be fifty-eight years young. That's right. Yes. So you you really are younger than me by just a few months, and yeah, yeah, just That's a skosh smidge. But she's the thirteenth, just like I am in April. So we're thirteenth. I'm Friday. Friday. I'm a real say. weirdo. Yeah, she is. That explains it too. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a lefty. And I'm a lefty. <laughs> You're a lefty, and I'm the only weirdo out here, righty. Oh. So there it is. I almost have as much hair on my face as I do in my head now. I got to get back to normal here. I look like a scumbag, but anyway. Okay. All right, let's, oh. let's hey, say hello. Emma. Emma is in the house. Let's say hello to our uh, viewers. Uh, Cindy oh, and and George room. is here. Yep, the chat Hi, room. Cindy. Uh, Don Swartz is uh, checking in. Rock Don. on, Don. And we've got Cliff Hill. Cliff, Hi, Cliff. Hill is here. Yay. <laughs> yeah, did you say rock on, Don? I did. That was awesome. I love it. Yeah. I don't Teresa, know where it comes from. It's just, it just comes out of me. I don't know. It's your, it's your gift. I'm a poet, that, you know? It's that gift. <laughs> so, yeah, we got uh, Teresa Saban saying happy birthday to Deb a little bit early. We'll celebrate Deb's birthday next week the when we talk to you. month. Yes. I celebrate okay. the whole month because I've earned it. Yes, you have. Yes, I have. <laughs> We'll have John and uh, Giovanna on next Sunday, which is really good. Yep. So John, uh, John Capone, and uh, he's got a movie coming out next year called Neon Bleed. And he was very kind to give me a part in the movie. So I'm very excited about that. So yeah. And Giovanna stars in the movie. So it'll be really fun to talk about it and find out when it's going to be released. I want to know. Too many questions, too many questions. I know, mm -hmm. but tonight it is an honor and a privilege to have a very dear friend of mine, somebody who I've known since the late 80s, probably wow. since 88 or 89. Uh, we actually had the same manager, I believe. I'm I'm not 100%, but I'm 99% sure that we both had the same manager in the entertainment business for a while anyway. 
And so John O'Hurley is going to join us and he has had such illustrious career. I mean, just so we would have so much to talk about and he's such a wonderful human. So how lucky are we? We are so blessed. We are definitely blessed. But before we get this party started, we need to bring on Frankie. Frankie, the weatherman. Frankie, the weatherman. Ladies and gentlemen, Frankie McDonald. Oh, yeah. Coming to you straight from Sydney, Nova Scotia. Frankie is in the parking lot. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm it's cold outside of my area right now. Sydney, Nova Scotia had their first snowfall on Friday night and Saturday morning. Roads are slipping on Saturday morning. They had to get the salt trucks out in my area right now. They got lots of rain heads in New York City this week. This small, it's going to bring lots of rain once over this New York City area. It's going to turn cold again. There's a possible winter storm heading for New York City on Wednesday. In New Jersey and all these places, it's going to bring lots of uh, rain in Washington, D.C., going all the way down Florida, Georgia, Boston tomorrow. And California's getting a lot of Santa Ana winds. And Vancouver Island's getting a lot of snow tomorrow. And Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada, and such as Victoria, the nine won't And Lady Smith. Parksville, Quimacon Beach, Courtney, Quimax, Campbell River, Portonville, Fort Hardy, British Columbia, and, and all those places, Tofino, British Columbia, they're getting lots of snow and rain. And uh, up around in places like in England, they're getting more windstorm in England, in Scotland, in Ireland, and all these places, including Belfast, Ireland. It's going to bring lots of snow up Norway, Finland, Sweden, and all these places. Stockholm, Sweden, Sweden's getting snow and everything. Sydney, Australia is getting lots of Perth, Australia is getting dangerous heat wave on Monday and Tuesday. The temperature is going to be so high, well above 110 Fahrenheit in Perth, Australia, in Western Australia. Sydney, North South Wales is going to get lots of thunderstorms and rain and possible large hail, and including large hail. And the summer starts on December 21st in New South Wales, Australia. Same with New Zealand, they're getting lots of rain in New Zealand. Down in Spain, they're getting lots of rain and snow in northern Spain, especially off the mountains. And Cape Town, South Africa is getting hot there right now. And wow. only up on Russia, it was down to really, really, really cold temperatures. Kids, they, they had to cancel school. And Yachtus can only walk on Russia because it's so cold. It's too cold for kids to go to school. Cold like this, Frankie? Hey, it's too cold for those kids to go to school. I no. agree. <laughs> yeah, keep them at home. Keep the heaters on. Because Frankie, of- I want to pay you a compliment because every single time you come on, you always say, Hi, I'm doing great so far, and you bring such positive energy, and I just want to tell you that that adds so much value, and thank you for always bringing a positive attitude to the show. Yes, I'll bring a positive attitude around the world, and did you hear about that? Over in Gas Bay, Quebec, you're getting rain tomorrow as well, even Gas Bay, Quebec, and uh, and Bonaventure, Quebec, or Monica Boyle, Boyle lives in places like Hersey, Quebec, in and all those places, going Mariah, Quebec, New Richmond, and all these places, and Chandelier, Quebec, Bonaventure, that's Monica Bolio's hometown in Quebec. And they're getting colder, wetter there, too, in Bonaventure, Quebec, and places like that. They got a, some kind of rock in Per Se, Quebec, in Quebec as well. Quebec City's getting snow tomorrow. Montreal's getting rain, snow mixing snow in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, as well. Going all the way up to Laval, they're getting really, really, really cold temperatures up in northern quebec oh yeah and that's why i'm not in canada right now yeah <laughs> you you can have all that snow yeah can't winnipeg yeah. must be like 40 below right now exactly yeah, 40 to blow there and did you hear about that over in them and i'll say hi to the guy from the family field john o'hurley say hi john o'hurley hi john really i'm doing great so far Okay, yep. Frankie. All right, Frankie. 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 Thank you. You're listening to Roger's Wild Child Show. Frankie. The Oh, you got to love Frankie. I mean, <laughs> oh, coming from puts, Sydney, Nova Scotia. Think about us- the work, the work that he puts into this. I mean, it's his life. 
It is his, his purpose. Life. Oh, really? I love it. He's very well informed. He can I predict it. I, I wanted him to do an impression of a polar bear chattering its teeth, and we missed the opportunity, but maybe next oh, time. Okay, well, let's get that on the schedule for next week. Next week. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do polar bear next week. What are you laughing uh, you know, about? Debra? You know, Darren, Debra? you're going to win because you kind of already have the... I got the, the polar bear vibe. Yeah. I know I, I have the look, but I think you you could do the sound better than me, a polar bear chattering teeth. You want to give us a shot at it? or No. I can. I'll be happy to do it. Try it. Go for okay. the polar bear chattering his teeth. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, we are not high on our own supply. <laughs> no, not well, at all. Let's hear you do it. Let's hear you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Darren, how about you? I did it already, man. I look like a freaking idiot. <laughs> no, you didn't. Was, I did it. You, you guys weren't paying attention. I have to go back to the rerun. Yeah. Hey, I, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that what it is? Okay. The replay. Right. It's a replay. All the right, Roger well, the Wild Child rewind. Now, I do want to make an announcement, though. On December 26th, we are going to have a three-hour special. Okay? It's our mm. year-end holiday special. Yeah, Darren, guess what? It's a three-hour show, so. Have to Boy, let you know. Do we get to have bathroom breaks? Right. I have to put, my, have to put lipstick on. Sorry. All right, no problem. All I got to right. put my. Okay. I got to put my eye patch on. I got I like mean, fifteen celebrities looking... booked for this show. Celebrities, Gosh. really? We're gonna yes. have to rotate like, potty breaks. I can't. I don't. I don't know that I can sit for three hours without using the restroom. I drink too much water for that. <laughs> <laughs> so. If I go like this, I'll have to do a signal. Like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Do my thing. Just do the jigsy. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Be right back. Yeah. All right, guys. I'll be back. I'll be right back. So, yeah, so it'll be me, it'll be Deb, it'll be Darren, and Imogen will be joining us, co-hosting with us that night. Frankie with the weather, and a bunch of our celebrity friends from the past year are coming back to end the holiday, or bring us their holiday cheer, and end the year, and let us know what they're doing for 2022. So, it's going to be a really fun show. Mark your calendars, December 26th. I will release the guest lineup next week. Okay. That's going to be a really big shoe. It is yes. going to be a big shoe. Well, we'll have to pop shoe. some bubbly for that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All right. Yeah, get your Cubans out. Get your Cubans That's out. That's it. I'm going to uh, have a cigar for that show. Uh, I'll give you my macanoodle. I'll take my macanoodle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Family Feud. Oh, it's the Wild Child family. We got Roger, Deborah, and we got Darren. Ready for action against the audience family. We got Cliff, Emma. We got Cynthia, Renee, Cindy DeGeorge, Teresa Saban, all ready for action. And now, the host of Family Feud, here's Jay Peterman. (laughs) All right. All right. Oh, my gosh. Hi, John. Is Is that a good way to bring you on, John? Well, I, I, I want to thank you very much for that, that warm welcome <laughs> and that very sparse introduction. <clears throat> so if, if, you don't, if you don't mind, I'm going to retrace it and uh, reintroduce myself. Okay, please, please do. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, he is the man who killed Seinfeld in a career that began more than 35 years ago with a badly lip-sync version of the Yellow Rose of Texas for a KTEL record commercial of Mitch Miller's greatest hits. Since then, he's managed to kill three series of his own. Four soap operas. He's guest starred on more than 50 television shows. Not one is still on the air. 
And during sweeps, that golden week of television ratings, he managed to take not one, not two, but three shows off the air in one week. Ellen Seinfeld and Damon, ladies and gentlemen, the Grim Reaper of television, John O'Hurley. Now, that's an introduction. It is an introduction. Uh, yeah, that and that's great. why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why. So, John, yep. that sounded incredible. And, of course, you have that beautiful tone to your voice. That's why my brother, Jason, chef, that you've done some things with, told me that you were the guy that was the voice on Thanksgiving as we're sitting there doing. Do you still do the dog show? We just finished our uh, we just finished number 20. Uh, that's incredible. We so just John, uh, we did it uh, last uh, well on Thanksgiving Day. We had uh, yeah we had uh, our annual audience of uh, twenty five million people. It's uh, pretty astounding to the, the numbers that we get every year, but it just grows and grows and grows every yeah, year. It's amazing. People hey, love dogs. John, John oh. of course we all love dogs. Is there a specific dog you love to say the name of more than the other without like being biased <laughs> or anything like announcing? Oh yes, I, I, I the Mexican hairless dog <laughs> is, was introduced about uh, oh about eight years ago, and I sat in my mirror every morning shaving, and I had to put the name I had to put the name of the dog up on on, on a poster a post-it note on the mirror, and I would practice it every morning so that it became just tripped off my tongue because that's the way it has to happen. <laughs> and the dog is named the Cholo Eats Quintly. <laughs> I love it. And it begins with the letter X. Oh, right, of course. It's silent. <laughs> so Mexican hairless. <laughs> so how would you actually introduce that dog? Hi, ladies and gentlemen, what would you say? The dog of the Mexican cartels. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, I was so thrilled because I love those crazy dogs. And, you know, I uh, I was just sitting there, Jason, like, you'd never believe who is that voice is. And I'm like, how can I have missed that? It's like, what a stupid thing. But anyway, <laughs> I was thrilled, man. I'm a dog lover and. I'm thrilled to know that you're the guy. Most right most people are. Most yeah. people are. And Darren and I. In fact, you don't want to spend a lot of time. You don't want to spend a lot of time around people that aren't dog lovers. No. Yeah. It's like the yeah. first clue. Yeah. I got the wardrobe of like all the fur on my clothes. So like mm -hmm. if I go out to dinner and you know and I got dog fur on me, I'm sorry. You know I'm a dog owner. What can I say? There you go. There you go. Right? Or a weirdo, one of the two. <laughs> Either or, right? Yeah. yeah, what business do you have going out to dinner with dog hair all over you? I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> you lost me there, honey. Uh, that's right. A man, that say? a man that doesn't own double stick tape. <laughs> right. So a little roller. Or a shape. lint roller. Yeah. Hello. A lint roller. Uh, yes. How funny. That's all right. It's, you know, it used, it used to be like if you, if you, if you went out to dinner and you had some, you know, some blonde's hair on you, that would be, uh, would be um, <coughs> a telling story. But now dog hair, I don't know. No, it's not a story. Let me just say that's my collie. That's my collie's hair. Not, not a girl's. That was my collie. Mm -hmm. John, I didn't realize yeah, you did Afghan, four soaps. Did, did you actually do four soaps? I know you did all my children. Oh no, I did. I did all the soaps. I I, I was Mister Daytime in the eighties. Uh, I started off uh, eighty three on the Edge of Night. Oh, um, God, I oh, that's an older one. Yep, I drove that into the ground. Um, <laughs> and from there, and from there, ABC uh, moved me over to a show called Loving, which was a brand new soap opera. I remember. And, yep. uh, and I, uh, I played. Uh, I was there for many years, uh, and I played the first twin brothers on daytime television. So you oh, have wow. me to you have me to thank for all that nonsense. And I will. T I'll tell you a true story, and it's a wonderful story. It's a it's 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 a really great story. When I'm playing twin brothers, they had to find somebody that was my approximate height, coloring, and physiognomy to play opposite me, so they could shoot over the shoulder. And at me, right. depending upon which character I was playing, mm -hmm. so that I could talk to myself, have fist fights with myself, do everything you, you know needed to do as twins. 
So they searched and searched for this guy. In about two weeks, they finally came up with somebody. It turns out he was a bouncer from the old Limelight Hotel. Now, the Limelight was an old uh, church, and a Limelight nightclub, I'm sorry. Um, it was an old church downtown, mid, uh, mid-teens in, uh, in New York City, and it was a big, very famous nightclub, and he was the bouncer there behind the, uh, the velvet rope. So they brought him on, and sure enough, he looked just like me, similar build, and back then I had dark, dark hair. I looked like David Copperfield. Um, and uh, so they were they would shoot over his shoulder and that I was able to do everything. Now, the problem was he was the worst actor I have ever heard. And he was always saying my line, the other character of who he was playing. And he would, and he was driving me absolutely nuts because he was these times and those like that. So I said, I can't take this. So finally I go up, I go up to the producer and I say, look, please, as kindly as you can, just tell him to shut the hell up. I just, I keep <laughs> driving me nuts. I can't hear that and think of me. It, it, you know, you know, so I, so right. they did and they said, you don't have to say anything. Just, you know, be quiet and, and he'll take, I'll, I'll do the spacing myself. So it was fine. It worked out just great. And then when we finished the scenes, he would go back down to his dressing room. And he would say, well, if to finish with me, I'm going to go back downstairs. I'm trying to finish my play. I said, oh, I said, you're, you're writing a play. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm doing a play for, uh, about the stories of my life. I said, well, good for you. <laughs> it, was right. Chaz Plum, it was Chaz Palminteri, and that was Bronx Tale that he was writing down in the dressing room. Unbelievable. Is that Cheers. For several, that is, for several wow. years. Cheers. Chaz Palminteri, wow. Chaz Palminteri was my body double on Loving, and that's where he was earning all of his. You know, that was his paycheck. He didn't. He <laughs> said, "I I quit my job there at, at the limelight for you know." To, that's so a great story. Un- that unbelievable story. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's a phenomenal <laughs> actor. What a he's had a great film career. My God. Yep. Yeah, that's and we're, un- and we're still is- very, and we're still dear friends. So it's uh, it's funny every time you, you you can't help but repeat the story every time you see each other. You know, it's like you know. <laughs> you can't make that up. That's so no. great. No. Well, now you had a different career in the seventies, which is probably why you were so good on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, oh, that's an interesting story. I'm waiting to hear I, it. Well, I read somewhere <laughs> that you that you did kind of you did some dancing in the seventies. In the seventies, um, hmm, no, that's Studio Fifty Four. No, it's in it's it's uh, in so, some of the. That was a tabloid thing. Is it really? Yeah, no. It said that you were a dancer in the 70s in New York. And I said, well, that's why he was so good on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, You know, I'd I'd like to, I'd love to own, I would love to own that story, but. I was a little bit too, a little bit too naive and innocent. I graduated from college in '76, so I didn't have a lot of time to. And I was uh, uh, too. Uh, I, I actually uh, was too reluctant to go to New York as an actor. I never arrived there until '81, um, and uh, I was scared to death of the business of acting. I knew what I was doing. I just didn't know how to make a living at it. So I went into the most. Um, Next most theatrical thing I could think of doing was advertising in public relations. And for uh, several years, I was director of PR for Yale School of Medicine and uh, the American Red Cross for the disaster team and the blood program. So I, I was not at uh, I was not at Studio well, 54. Cindy, Cindy D. George just said, tell us about Dancing with the Stars. You should have won. And I agree. Yeah, well, I'm here. Ultimate, ultimately, I did win. I won the dance off that they, the two hour special that they had to yep. do after they exposed the fact that the uh, the voting wasn't really on the up and up the first year, and um, that's okay. And it wasn't live voting, so they ended up. They knew they were uh, cornering themselves and uh, were going to get caught, and they did. Um, so anyway, I, I did ultimately win the first year, but not amazing. Took yeah, it took it took that two hour dance off. That that show was to, like that was my dream to be on that show. By the way, so I watched. <laughs> you know, it was you know quite quite honestly. It, it's it's I love the show because it's all it, it's reality show. It's reality television, really at its best. Because yeah. people, whether they are well known or kind of known, or you, it, it gives them an opportunity to just be themselves mm-hmm. and try something in front of a an enormous audience where they're just trying to be better than they were. 
And I think I, I admire that so much. You know, reality television has become with the Kardashians and all the other crap that's like that is, is people becoming the story that they're yeah. willing to, to, to take the train wreck of their lives and expose it and, and, and become the story rather than learn the infinite, infinitely more difficult task of learning to tell a story. So mm. that's why the Kardashian stuff, I just hate because it's just about, it, it's about taking apart your lives in front of television. And, and Agreed, very much. Yeah. Agreed. There's, just, yep. there's just, to me, there's no redeeming value in it. Yep. Dancing with the Stars, um, uh, America's Got Talent, uh, the, the Voice, and anything where people are celebrating talent. I Talent love. and creativity. Absolutely. Yeah, well, to, and just, rewarding, yeah. yes. Yeah. I need nothing you of just, The Biggest Loser or any of that crap. It's, yeah. it's, well, it's wasted television to me. You just came up with a good idea, Dancing with the Losers. I, I've <laughs> been on that one. <laughs> I used to go to Womp Pompers in Studio City in the 80s, man, and do it up up there, man. And that's where we created that yep. reality show. That's it was exactly a live right. Go before. there and pull a guy who's just there holding up a wall and just make him something <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, but anyway, about let me let me fill. I mean, she asked an honest question. Let me tell you, yeah. um, uh, it was especially the first year, the most amazing, one of the most amazing things I'd ever done. Because I, I always believe in the power of imagination, and, and I always do what my imagination tells me to do, not my rational mind. That's the other side, and that has no <laughs> business making decisions for me. Um, but my imagination tells me pretty much everything I need to do. And when they asked me to be um, on the show. I was really reluctant because I went, oh, my God, ballroom dancing. But then I said to you know, my imagination, it, once I see a picture of myself succeeding in that, then that's all I need. And I do it. And that has been the, that has been the, the premise of my entire career, which is why I have such an eclectic career, because my imagination tells me to do a lot of a lot of different things. But in the case of Dancing with the Stars, I said, OK, I'll do it. Now, who else do you have? And they said, you're the first one we've asked. I said, good. Well, I'll host it. And they said, yeah. no, we want you to do it. And again, I said, who else have you got? And they said, well, <laughs> they said, now, now that we have you, we can get Evander Holyfield. And then, and then it hit me. ABC was using this summer replacement series called Dancing with the Stars, to give America what they had been wanting and screaming for for more than 15 years, which was the John O'Hurley of Andrew Holyfield matchup, finally. <laughs> a level playing field of ballroom dancers. And I don't know if you remember, but I took, the, I took them out in the third round with my foxtrot. You did! That's oh, right. That's incredible. That is no ear, incredible. no ear, no ear, no ear biting or anything. No ear biting. Didn't, didn't have to. Up. All I had to do was just move on the floor, and I took down the chair. <laughs> I didn't have to. I love it. Didn't we, had, uh, we had, we uh, had, we had a great time that first year. But it was much more difficult because I'll tell you why. The stage is a hundred by seventy-five, and we had to hit all four corners in every dance that we mm. did. It. That that has never happened since then, because by the time you finished dancing, you couldn't breathe. I was hallucinating. I was so <laughs> oxygen deprived. Um, it was it was just unbelievable. They never thought of hey, maybe if we just move the cameras around, that would be easier. <laughs> no, 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 we had to we had to, we had to go to the cameras. So anyway, wow. but what a great year! What a great show! And I appreciate the. And it's uh, been running for how many years? How many seasons now? Like twenty something. I think they're in their 30th now. Well, they 30th do, now, they wow. Do two, they do two a year, so it's uh, 15 years. Yeah, it was uh, 2005 that I won, yeah. I think, uh, or yeah, the first wow. year. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. Quite yeah. 2005, quite a year. And then from there, I went right to... As Frankie would say, that was a long, 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 long time, time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> Oh God! So you Thank had guys. you were the fifth host of Family Feud. How did they approach you for that? Um, well, it's not the first game show. It's, it's not the first sh game show I've done. I, it right? Was, you said I did, to uh, tell the truth. I did to tell the truth for yeah. three, four, three, four years uh, back, just a few years before that, and it was also the same production group. So when they wanted to change hosts, as they are, you know, every five, every four or five years, they were 
pretty much that's what they were doing. So the, I was, you know, the, they were out with the old and with the new. So I had my uh, my run there. It was, uh, and I liked it a lot. It was not my favorite job. My favorite mm-hmm. job was to tell the truth, the first one. That was the funniest, mm-hmm. most relaxing job I've ever had. It was a talk show that you played along with, finally ending with the phrase, will the real so-and-so please stand up? And yeah, it was I remember that. about wonderful stories and people that were there and liars and it had it and, and the most <laughs> and and the funniest celebrity panel I've I couldn't ask for a a, a more ingenuous uh, group of people and I and because it was my show I made sure that everybody loved being there. I had I had a, I had a masseuse, I had daycare, I had doggy daycare, I had <laughs> I, I had a a chef serve everybody meals, and we would do five shows a day, um, uh, two days, so ten shows on a weekend, and it was absolutely the most enjoyable job from the producers, the writers, everybody. I always look mm-hmm. back on that and go, if I could have done thirty years on that show, I would have wanted nothing else. And the best thing was at the end of the of Sunday. The last show that we did um, was a wine tasting, which meant that everybody had a large glass of wine under their podium or their uh, under the desk there. So (laughs) by the last show, they were absolutely gone. (laughs) And that probably made the last show probably the most interesting one, right? (laughs) You know, it was just a lot of fun. We just had a great time. And it was just, you know, and, and I think of all of the things that we added in and the people just loved to be there. And it was just right. such a great time from the John, contestant have, in front of them. I have to, I have to mention this because I was reading about how you invested in the character that you played on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. How you, uh, something that you helped bring that company out of bankruptcy from well, being an investor or, you know, it's I exactly thought, how, right. how brilliant, that's so brilliant. You well, know? I, I like mean, the role so much. I bought the company. I saw that. Yeah. I, uh, no, what happened was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the character is it, 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 the way Seinfeld work was they, uh, they just parodied somebody and apologized later. Uh, and that was the case in, in Peterman, Jay Peterman, John Peterman, the actual uh, Jay Peterman, um, had a very successful little niche catalog company that he um, had a wonderful little catalog. And it was as idiosyncratic as you can think of. It looked like if you turned to a page, it was a a pastel drawing along with a Hemingway style uh, adventure uh, about um, an Oxford button down and climbing K2. <laughs> You know, it was just, it was just it was just it was so wonderfully conscribed and absolutely um, the most unusual catalog I had ever read. Well, they came to me and said, "We just want the character to sound the way the catalog is written, as though this stuff just comes out of his uh, his normal vernacular." So I said, "Okay." So it you know it became a uh, I, I thought of him as a um, a bit of a '40s radio drama combined <laughs> with a, a bad Charles Corralt. Um, oh, and so it was, uh, you know, that that was the origin of the character. And then during the run of Seinfeld, he got more and more lunatic. Well, the true story is that John Peterman, uh, who ran the J. Peterman company, was benefiting from the uh, 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 the success of the character and the success of Seinfeld. They went from um, 15 million dollars a year to about one hundred and five million dollars a year, I think, over the run of the character Crazy. over five years. Um, and then he decided he wanted to get aggressive and do it like an IPO. And I got to tell you, in two weeks, he went belly up, belly mm. up, lost the company and everything, went into the financial difficulty for about a year and a half. And he called me one day when I was in New York City because we had become friends over over a period of time. You know, we were kind of joined at the wrist and ankles. You know, nobody ever believed that he was Jay Peterman anymore. Right. Greatest act. <laughs> greatest Greatest act of identity theft, and I'm not giving it up. <laughs> anyway, the uh, so he called me and he said, uh, "I have the property rights, the intellectual property rights to the company back because the company that bought it from him went bankrupt too." So he said, "I can get it back if you'll help me, and we'll put the company back together again under our parallel strengths." And we did, and the company uh, is running very nicely, and it has been ever since uh, 19 or ever since 2000. A year after so, sign, well, a year and a quite, half after sign. Quite the entrepreneur, John. Exactly. Oh, I love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah, it's, it's a great uh, story. 
It was it, it was actually what drew me into uh, being an entrepreneur, and uh, have, that's kind of you know that's kind of my other life right now. Yeah. Nice. And 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 beside and all the acting and all the voice work that you have done, you also have done an immense amount of charity work. Do you want to talk about some of the charities that you are involved with? Love to. Uh, I think yeah. probably. Um, well, I, I have three in particular that I do that are very, very dear to me. Um, the first is epilepsy. I'm the national spokesman for epilepsy. Um, and not because I have it, but um, uh, because my sister did. You didn't lost I? a loved one, yeah. And she uh, passed away back when uh, she was 17, uh, the last day of junior year, right after the junior prom. Uh, and I was a sophomore and actually went to junior prom, her junior prom with her, with a friend of hers. And, you know, we were, you know, not, we weren't just brother and sister. We were dear, dear friends. And uh, so I lost an important part of my life and it changed the dynamic of our family. So um, I knew that when I ever, if I ever developed a voice in the industry that I, you know, had dreamed about, um, that I would use it for, uh, to, um, to give a voice to um, this incredible dilemma called epilepsy, which is a neurological disorder that nobody seems to know much about. Um, it's still, you know, one of the dark shadows in this yeah. dark area of the world called the human mind, and no one can figure it out. Um, there are at least uh, there are some promising uh, therapeutics uh, going on, which are great. Um, and in addition to that, because I'm lucky enough to have a very happy and healthy uh, well, he's going to be a 15-year-old boy as of tomorrow. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, is. congratulations. I yeah. I know. And because I happen to have a another December boy. birthday. Yes, he is. And um, <laughs> because of that, I uh, I work with a, a group called Child Health, which is the nation's largest organization preventing child abuse Um and shielding those who have been abused uh, in the country. Um, they have saved uh, over the life of 50 years, they've saved over 10 million children. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's a pretty extraordinary story that they, that they have. And so I am the ambassador for that as well. And every year I go to Congress and speak in, in, on behalf of the kids that are abused. And uh, mm -hmm. um, that one is very, very close to me. And then I have one more charity that up in the Sonoma, country, Sonoma County uh, wine country there. Uh, I, I have a private charity that raises all the money for the um, um, the uh, children's charities up there, the six children's charities in the uh, Sonoma County. So I'm I'm kind of busy with those, and I like them. They're a lot all of all great causes. That's they beautiful, all, all John. Yeah, all great. Beautiful. I love that. Man. You know, it's always yeah. uh, that's the whole point of doing what we do in life is to be able to give back. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, you know, mm -hmm. it is. You know, um, it, it is, and not just monetarily. Uh, I, I'm a great believer in that, that the notion of appreciation um, is one of the kind of God-given responsibilities of every human being. And it's not necessarily money because not a lot of people can give money. Uh, I remember this from the Red Cross when I was director of PR before I was an actor. Um, I, I, the many people that would go down, I would go down... Um, every few weeks and do what was called a phoresis donation, which was they would take a pint of my, um, uh, the serum, blood serum, and, um, and use it for a cancer patient um, that was tied directly to me. And, and I always thought of that. I go, I, I can't write a big check in charity, but nobody can give a better pint of blood than I can. Mm. True. So, I mean, yeah. appreciation by its nature is not necessarily monetary. And I, and yeah. I believe that it, um, time, you know, time is yeah. valuable, you know, time, time, time. when people donate time, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's huge. Yeah. I'm, I'm very involved in a lot of different charities myself. And so I, I agree. It's not just the money. It's, it's the time you put in and the things that you do and just showing up, mm -hmm. you know, cause that energy mm -hmm. you get, you know, I just getting people to show up and help mm -hmm. and be a part of mm -hmm. can be are, just as valuable. Are any of you guys familiar with the late Jim Rohn? Remember Jim Rohn? Of course. Rohn? Of course. Well, Jim Rohn, yeah, beautiful guy. And he really touched on this subject. And my brother Jason actually turned me on to Jim Rohn. And I'm glad he did because. He was huge in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, but he talked about charity and stuff and he said you know, one of the great things that that i listened to him say that was incredible is he was like going hey everybody has certain charities 
that are really meaningful to them and dear to them. And if you want to donate to charities, typically you want to donate to them all, but people can't donate to them all. But he, one of the things that he said is don't feel funny about that because the one charity that you, the charity that you can't donate to, there's going to be a million other people that are going to be able to donate to that charity and vice versa, you know, and it really kind of took a lot of weight off, you know, my heart going, God, because you see so many things that need so much attention. And Jim was absolutely right. You know, there's so many people out there, and there's so many resources. And so when you get caught up in feeling maybe a little, you know, sad or guilty that you can't do them all or, you know, the, your top favorite ones that mean the most to you, somebody else will be doing it, man. And don't, you don't need to worry about mm -hmm. it, you know, and that was a really comforting thing to hear, you know, it really was. So I think it would be a lot healthier if we, we removed the word donate yeah. from the, the vernacular there and replaced it with the word appreciate. Because to me, it's really about whether you can write a check or you can't, um, whether you can volunteer or you have the time or you can't. Um, yeah. it's, the, it's the idea of recognizing the inherent value and at the same time, the inherent vulnerability in every human being. And it becomes not about organizations. It becomes about individual acts, day to day, moment to moment, person by person. It's the smile that you give to somebody who's sitting across from you on a subway. That sometimes mm -hmm. is as that's that smile could be as valuable as if you handed them a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's it's about it, it's all about the the nature of knowing what appreciation is. To, uh, towards other human beings. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it, it, that will cause you to write checks. It will cause you to volunteer, but it will cause you to smile at people if you just recognize, as I say, the inherent value and the inherent vulnerability, the fact that we're all just broken toys and yeah. we're all just bozos. On and we don't know the backstory of these people's <laughs> lives either. So... <laughs> And, we're, all, you know, we're all going to the same destination, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's all energy. That's right. And I'm hiding yeah. behind. I am. And I'm going to be tugging on uh, Deborah's uh, belt loop for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm, with I'm with you know, her. I'm with her. I'm going to shift gears for a second. This is what I found very interesting. Not only are you in TV and, and doing all these shows and stuff like that, you're in video games as well. Oh, I just finished one over the weekend. Sponge, uh, the, uh, the, the new big SpongeBob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something just bounced. I'm sorry. Is that an earthquake? No, that was, that was, yeah. you're in the Family Six Guy video five. game, SpongeBob, Fable Two. Um, I just did. Uh, yeah, I was just there on Friday for about four hours doing uh, resurrecting King Neptune, uh, which is my character on SpongeBob, and then also a couple of new characters on there, which was really funny. Um, if you're a SpongeBob fan, I'm doing Glubby Glove on on that as well. Oh, really? Oh God! I had more fun with that character, and it, it in fact it, it because you know normally I do the characters with the you know the big deep the you know the resonant voices and the you mm -hmm. know, sense of command and you know cornered the market on arrogance and pomposity. So, but it's um, but they they had me do Glovey Glove, and I go huh, and I did it in falsetto, and it was one of the funniest things. I, they were screaming <laughs> on the other end, and I, I and I had never done this. Well, give us a sample. I, yes, please. <laughs> it was it was so funny. It was just hysterical. It, and I and I had never done it before, and so it was just I said, "Wow!" And it. All right, hang on. He froze up for a second, guys. Okay. Give froze him a second. Up. He froze up. He froze up. <laughs> I don't know that that sounds right. He's frozen. I don't think he froze up or froze. He's up. frozen. He's frozen. I'm not like some grammatical, like, you know, Jeopardy vocabulary guy. So I don't know which one it is, but. He's frozen. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, you maybe know, <laughs> when, maybe when I hope that when he comes back, he'll he'll give us a sample of that. Voice. Right. There he is. There he is. There we go. There he is. John. No, he kind of got into that. Oh, there. 
Okay, he's frozen for a second. <laughs> John, I don't know if you can hear us. You might want to log back out and log right back in. That might be easier, but you're lagging there big time. Does. Yep. So, oh my God. Did you froze What a up? great story about hey, Chaz. Did you, did you froze up? I, I didn't froze up. I don't froze up. <laughs> I don't froze up. up. Okay. You don't froze up. I don't up? froze up. You Had don't frozen up. up. He froze. He frozen. You froze up. How about that story with Chaz Pomerati? Is that the funniest? Oh, He's back, guys. Hang on a second. Let me uh, add him in. Go ahead. Do your job for once. Oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. That got dead crazy right there. I knew it would light her up. Boom. Yeah, my, am I back? You are back. You're you know, back. Yeah. Sometimes when I get a little too pompous, my my <laughs> cell phone shuts me off. It was like perfect timing, right when they were asking. Oh, uh, that's why voice. that happens. I okay. was getting a little too. I was getting a touch too pompous, and I have that little monitor on my phone that, <laughs> just, that um, keep keeps well, you me froze. in balance. You froze. That's what it does. Roger yeah. Yeah. froze. He froze. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Deborah wanted you to do that voice. Oh yeah, do I asked you if you could do the voice? Your uh, the one that you were saying was so funny. Oh, that one was up there like that. Hello, this is Clubby Club. <laughs> Deborah, your turn to try that one. Yes. I have such a deep voice. Okay. That's gonna be great. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> Wait, John, what My did you say? What did what did, what did you Hello, what did this is Clubby Club? Yeah, that's that, not bad. Yeah, that's, thank oh, you. Roger. It's, it's like you can do when you can do that. It's, it doesn't matter, male, female, it doesn't matter. As long as you're speaking in falsetto, it, it, it's they all sound kind of the same. I'll be your backup, you know, in case your the <laughs> voice gets hoarse one day. Just let, mm-hmm. let them know that I got you covered. Got you. <laughs> so I want to yeah. play a little game here, guys. And I want the audience involved, too. But um, with uh, with John and Deborah and uh, I know, Darren, you, 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 you never watched Seinfeld, so you didn't get into Seinfeld. But, you know, we'll see if you can answer some of these questions. Let me I hear that wa- again. You you never watched Seinfeld? I never watched TV, period. I think Jaws was the last movie I saw and Three's Company was the last sitcom I watched. I'm a musician, man. You know, I was just too crazy off into all that stuff. TV was, I love it. I know exactly what the show is, and I know Eileen and all the other great people. I was just talking to Elaine. Elaine, that's what I said. Elaine, what did you think I said? said, Eileen. Eileen. (laughs) Did you say Eileen? (laughs) I was trying to tell a joke about something. But anyway, no. no. I will love. Hey, John, don't feel bad because somebody was on here and they're going, hey, what do you think of. What bands don't you like? And the guy's like, well, you know, like Chicago, not knowing my brother was the lead singer of that band. We were in stitches laughing. We so were all hysterical. Because, He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, not, I don't like that band Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just laughing so hard. He had no idea that my brother was the lead singer of that band. And I would no one care. We were cracking up. It's like me going, yeah, I didn't watch Seinfeld. Like, uh, you know, all right, whatever. It didn't make or break a show, right? So, hey. <laughs> All right. What are your questions? Okay, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Deborah, and I'll work around the horn. Um, This will be round number one. It's Seinfeld trivia. All right. Scott, I need your help. (laughs) He's gonna call a friend. He's got. It's gonna use a lifeline. Let me get my help. help. It's called Google. Or you can have you can use your audience as a lifeline, Deborah. Oh, okay. We can get our audience involved, and they can use it as a uh, lifeline. All right, well, I have All right, audience, be ready for some uh, Seinfeld trivia. Okay. Okay, so, Deborah, question for you. Yes, yes, Roger, what is it? Here we go. While viewing an operation on Seinfeld, what kind of candy do Kramer and Jerry drop into into the body? Starburst. Would you like to use a lifeline? Sure. Bring it on. Pick an audience member. Okay. Who would like to help me, audience? Who would like to help me? What candy was falling into the body on the operation table? I didn't watch that episode. Anybody Anybody can answer for me. All right. Cindy DeGeorge says lollipop juju. 
Junior Mints. Say the question. Junior Mints. Yeah, that was actually the title of the episode was the Junior Mints. Was it really? (laughs) See, now we're getting the real trivia. Exactly. Okay, Terry. Listen, I don't necessarily remember. I I was only in the last four or five years, so I don't know the whole show. Gotcha. Okay, well, then we will give you those questions. Okay. Okay, so Darren, you have yep. your friend Scott in the background there in the room yep, with you. Scott's right here. Yep. Okay, so here we go. Here's your trivia question. He knows more about Seinfeld than I do. Okay, on Seinfeld, what kind of Pez dispenser sent Elaine into hysterias? What kind of Pez dispenser set sent Elaine into a hysteria? Is that what you said? Hysterics. Hysterics. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Bugs Bunny? I don't know. <laughs> Come on. These are hard, Roger. No, they're you're... not for the freaks. There's freaks out there. They'll know all this crazy Anybody stuff. in the audience? Anybody watching uh, would like to answer that one? Oh, we lost John again. You're lagging because you're on okay. your Wi-Fi. You're lagging because you're on your Wi-Fi. Okay, so the answer on this one is uh, Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird. Why didn't I say Tweety Bird? I okay. thought I saw Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird was the pet dispenser. Putty kill. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tweety. Okay, so this one's for you, John. All right. Okay. On an episode of Seinfeld, how much did Elaine pay for JFK's golf clubs at the auction? $27,000. Uh, okay. No? No, I, I would have bet my career. John got it wrong. He, John got it wrong. Come on, John audience, got it wrong. Audience, anybody, anybody, three, two, uh, twenty-eight thousand, twenty-eight thousand. Uh, nope, twenty thousand. Well, that's 20, what I said. Did you get twenty-eight from? Twenty thousand. No, it was twenty-seven. It was twenty-seven. I think I remembered that in the script. Was it? Okay. Well, then, the whoever's creating these uh, <laughs> these uh, questions. John will not know. lose at any yeah. cost. He will not lose. He, and wrong. You know his, his voice is so convincing. Like, I believe him. Oh, it, was, it was in the script. I read it. it was I read it in the script. <laughs> Quickly, Elaine, to my archives. <laughs> right? Okay. Deborah, this is going back to you. So, no, everybody struck out this round. Okay. Oh, God. On Seinfeld, what is the name of Kramer's friend who had rabies? Scott. Who's the name I, of Kramer's friend? Who I had don't rabies? know, but I will tell you a trivia story the that, that of Kramer's I. Friend that had rabies. Kramer, the actor in real life, had a Mercedes made. He had a custom Mercedes made. And when he got to the Mercedes dealership here in Beverly Hills, he decided he didn't like the color. I leased that car for two I years. Can't hear you, so. <laughs> Two years. There's nice. my trivia for you. What, what, that's a great, that's a great what, answer. I, because I what went color I did said, you finally decide on? <laughs> it was a silver, beautiful blue. He like put fog light. He he custom did this Mercedes. And then when he got there, the story was he decided he didn't like the color and he wanted it in black. So when they showed me the car, and it was a hybrid too, by the way. And so mm-hmm. uh, uh, when I got there, this was back in 2003. 12. I said, well, why don't I lease it for two years? I'll just prepay the lease. And I took it off the lot. And that was my story for years. You know, I'm driving Kramer's Mercedes. <laughs> so the answer here is Bob Sacamano. Bob Sacamano had rabies. Sacamano. Yeah. Yep. Sacamano, forget about it. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Okay. Throw me another question. Throw okay. it at me. All right. On Seinfeld, Darren. Yeah. What is the name of the video store that Seinfeld gang rents movies from? What's the name of the video store that Seinfeld rents videos from? <laughs> Hell, a bunch of freaking hillbillies out here. We have no freaking idea. <laughs> Is it uh, Hollywood videos? Well, John no. knows this one. Come on, John. You can. John, you know this one? I don't think I do know this one, unless John it was. Okay, does anybody in our audience know this? Anybody? What what video store? Blockbuster. Uh, no. no. <laughs> They're going block. Someone goes <laughs> Monica's like Blockbuster. No, it's not Blockbuster. Look at you all, Midwest. They're, blockbuster. 
The answer is champagne video. Of course. Really? Knew that. Yes. Everybody knew that. All right. Except I'm learning so much tonight. This is very educational. Okay. Right. Last one, Roger. Here we go. Final question. This is for you, John. On Seinfeld, who was it that uh, punctured the bubbly boys a bubble? Oh, God. Uh, George. No. Gosh, Roger. No. Every time you that, was not rude. that is not correct. But you, I'm sorry, you're a John, mean game host. <laughs> you're not a Deborah, nice Deborah, Darren, host. you want to go for the steal? What was the question? Yeah, what is uh, it? Seinfeld, what is, who was it that punctured the bubble boy's bubble? Kramer. Uh, no. Oh, uh, what's his name? It's Susan. Scott Bale? Scott. Susan. <laughs> George's fiance. Huh? Susan right. was the one, yeah. So there you go, guys. We got around us uh, Seinfeld trivia. Thought that, that was good. Woo-hoo. That was good. We got him in. John, what are you working on now? What's happening now? What's 2022 uh, hold for on? you? Well, we just finished the dog show. I've got. Uh, I'll be back on Broadway with Chicago sometime this year. I haven't decided Amazing. when I'm going back, but I'll be back for about uh, somewhere between eight to twelve weeks. Um, I have a movie I'm doing in uh, in Venice. Or excuse me, in Venice. No, in Greece. Sorry, uh, in uh, in May. Uh, I've got my one man show that I'm touring around. Uh, I'll be doing it here in L.A. I'll be doing it um, at the Reagan Library. Um, I'll be in New York doing it uh, at uh, 54 Below, um, and then when, uh, when are you down doing it? When are you doing it at the Reagan Library? I'd love to come and check it out. Uh, we, you know, we we had to cancel from October 30th, so it'll be sometime in January. Okay, I'll I'll mm-hmm. look for it. Be right in right in right in front of Air Force One. Yeah, nice. But it's a it's a fun show. It's uh, the stories of my life growing up. In, around the music of the 50s and the 60s, uh, Sinatra, Moon River, you know, all that oh, yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, and it's all the funny stories of my life uh, at, that went on at that time. Uh, so it's uh, I use that music to underscore these uh, crazy moments. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It does really well. We're nominated for Best Show. So it, uh, it's... Uh, it's well, well, congratulations. Yeah. That's Thanks. amazing. It's done, well, it's I want to really come well. see it. Please let us know because I really do. I want to come see it. Absolutely. Can I close with a? Uh, you sound like you're closing up here. We are correct. Yes. Let me close with a Peterman monologue. Please do. All right. <clears throat> so, I would like to share with all of you the greatest advice that I have ever been given, and it came at a time when I needed it the most—a time when my soul was tied into little tiny knots. Yes, I was on the back end of a 13-day Chianti binge. Demons were floating around in my head that weren't even mine. My neck felt like one gargantuan monkey fist. I was in need of spiritual renewal, but when or where or how, I decided then that I would travel off to the high country of Kathmandu with a team of Sherpas that had hygiene problems I don't even want to go into. But no matter, because I was there in search of a man known only as his hisness. A man so spiritual, it is said that he actually won a staring competition with his own reflection. And because that's who I was looking for, that is who I found seated in the corner of a small chapel, his legs folded conveniently into a Windsor knot. So I sat down next to him, staring into his ice-blue eyes for what seemed like hours until I could stand it no longer. And finally, I broke the silence by saying, please give me that which I have come for. And with that... He reached over and he slapped me as hard as he could across the face and said, Go fish. <laughs> I was astounded by the words I had heard. Is this the lesson my soul had been longing to hear? Go fish, the name of a children's card game. Or was I on the receiving end of the old Tibetan shimsham? Well, I could not be certain. And so on my way out, I toilet papered his pagoda. But... His words have echoed thus in my mind ever since, and now any time that my soul is tied into knots, I simply stop what I'm doing. I put down my belongings. I smile gently to myself, and I go fish. Because you see what he was trying to tell me 
was to stop worrying about the future and stop living in the past. The future will take care of itself, and the past is a faded memory and of no importance anymore. But learn instead to find the thousand joys of living in the present moment. And why? Because that's where the fish are. So I share that with you. Beautiful. That is awesome. Bravo. I love it. Yeah. Bravo. That took me on a journey, boy. I got to tell you. <laughs> okay, that's it. Here comes this other oh explosion. God. That was great, yeah. John. Well, you're, now, you're, now you're a little pissed off you haven't watched Seinfeld, huh? <laughs> no, I don't, not at all. I, 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 got, I got better. I got you right here to converse with you. Are you kidding? I'm grateful. Yeah. And you are exactly like my brother. You, you said the same thing about my brother <laughs> that he said about you. He goes, man, this guy is a beautiful soul. And you didn't use those words, but you said something similar about Jason. And I, can, I can see. You guys have done some charity work, obviously, probably somewhere. Is that how you guys know each other somewhere? Probably? Uh, we, you know, we actually do. It's actually through uh, charity golf. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, well without getting too deep. Well, in there, John, anybody, thank you so much. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you so much. It's been so a pleasure. Honored. So much honor and yeah. respect for you. And thank you yeah. for God your bless. beautiful talents. God bless you. And thank you for all God the charity you work too, you buddy. do. Thank you. Absolutely. Great Thank you, John. Time with you. Bye-bye. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Wow. wow. Oh, my God. I was Great. crying. That was so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Me, too. Right when I'm thinking it was like it coming to the end of something, I, I just take a whole nother dive, man. I was like rolling. <laughs> oh, my God. How brilliant. Oh, my oh, gosh. That was an amazing show. Great guest. What a talent. You know, just such a having such creative talent, but then having this entrepreneurial spirit. I love that. I just love the yeah. colorfulness of that, you know, and he's going and going and going. He's still like finding I'm jobs. Gonna go, and- I am going to go see his one man show at, at the Reagan library is just beautiful. It's a great place to do it. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to take my kids and go and check that out. That's, that'll be fun. That would be a lot of fun. And I'll report you guys, back. You guys, you guys have got to help me produce my new show, Dancing with the Losers. I mean, that's going to be <laughs> – I got some ideas already. Don't you, Driggsy? Oh, on. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Losers. Man, well, you know, we could get her and Todd Howarth together. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We could pair them up. <laughs> nah, they're too risky. Oh we need gosh. people that aren't that talented. And, and that's what'll make me look good. You know. It's like, okay. Oh anyway. my God. What a what a what a great guest tonight. What a great way to really. kind of get to the end of our our year and go into the holidays and just ah and what a great monologue. Just oh, beautiful. That, that was awesome. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Really. I loved it. And you know, you, you, like, you know, people don't understand the work that it takes to just even do that. You know, right. that monologue, it's, that takes so much work. What do, What does it take? I mean, I know what a lot it takes of, to it's, learn. It's, well, just the memorization, you know, and then to put in all the inflections. Well, who can't and, do yeah. that? Who can't do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. it's tough. I am Not just everybody. kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys are freezing on it. How can you say that? I'm like, listen, I don't know, listen. but not everybody. Hey, li- listen to me. My mom was a manager for actors, okay? I know all about it. I'm just kidding, man. That's Is this the one that was married nine times? What'd she do? Yeah. Marry all her talent? Uh, <laughs> just the guests, yeah, all the beautiful models. That wanted to, She's like, you know, you're be- my next husband. Perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can get you here, yeah. But, uh, no, you're no, my next no. husband. Husband, right? Yeah, <laughs> number nine. Yeah, you're number anyway, seven. Mama's family. <laughs> oh, she's gonna be on here. Listen, when she comes on here, and we get the whole chef family on here, my mom, we're gonna have fun with her because she's gonna tell you stuff about Hollywood that we got to keep some of these actors. Well, that's names. good because I've got some good Hollywood stories too. Yeah. Well, then you're gonna love my mom because you know what. Even though she's 84, I'm telling you, she'll bring it, man. She'll just tell the most incredible stuff. I think you got to keep it quiet, though, on mentioning certain names because even though they're true stories, she can really kind of open up some mm. insane can of worms. That's what she did in her book. Just, she got use, just tell her to use initials. And we'll figure it out. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Some of that stuff might. I'm a pretty good detective. I know you are. Everybody, I don't know it who is, every, the audience mon- wants more. Is your brothers 
or mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she's gonna all of us are gonna be on there, so that's what's great. They're gonna get no. mom, and they're gonna get all the brothers, and mm. the conversation is gonna be different than anything you've heard on any interviews because right. we're not gonna ask the same questions. You're gonna have my mom telling stories. And all of the brothers jumping in, and they're not all like, what was your first song you sang with Chicago? We all know that. You're going to hear some other funny stuff, which is going to be great. And yeah. you're going to hear stories about my mom. My mom's stories themselves are absolutely wild. And, Chef uh, Family Reunion, it'll be coming up early in 2022. So stay tuned. through. You're through. Yeah. You're through. You're done. Well... <laughs> I think that this was a fabulous show. And again, we want to thank John O'Hurley for taking yeah. the time to come and join Incredible. us and, and uh, share some really amazing stories. I mean, loved it. I yeah. just awesome. loved it. So yeah, again, once again, we are a very blessed group of people. Yeah, of course. Bringing on amazing souls to the show. So yeah. And we got a lot that. great lined up for 2022. So you definitely, we're not going anywhere and we're just going to grow. And thank you to all of you at home for just following us every week. You guys are amazing. A toast to this, to Cheers. our audience. Because if it weren't right. for you, we wouldn't be here. Yes. Thank you to all the people that come and join us. And <laughs> I'll be here. I'm so excited to see how many people are going to watch this show. Me too. Also, can you see me? Yes. Can you see me? Yes. Are you, are you half four, half empty? Wait, hold on. Hold on, Darren. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> all right. Where's, I want to thank Frankie McDonald with the weather. And our guest, John O'Hurley, a.k.a. Yeah, Jay Peterman. Also, for Deborah Drinks, Darren Chef, I'm Roger the Wild Child. Take care. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Roger the Wild Child Show!